Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. It's a little unusual to hear about a dance party in the news, but it was in response to something else that happened at Oakland's Lake Merritt that went viral. I hear you have a problem with these gentlemen having a barbecue here at the lake. What's going on? One woman who's white is filming another woman who's white, who's calling the cops on two black men who are grilling in the park. It's two men sitting out here just chilling, and this whole setup is real clean. The woman calling the cops insists the two men need to be in a certain area to use a charcoal grill. I don't see they're not, they don't have loud music. You want to call the police on them. I have called them. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday at the lake. Yes. This isn't the first time this kind of incident has happened at Lake Merritt. Today, why Oakland's lake is a contested space when it's supposed to be a place for anybody. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. This video is not an isolated incident of white people calling the police on people of color for doing, well, for just being. Sandia Dirks covers race and equity issues for KQED. And when she heard about the story, it sounded really familiar to her. So you have the graduate student who was napping at Yale, who had the police called on, you know, for for napping while black. You had the two Native American young men who were on a tour of a university and a white woman got nervous and called the police on them. You have the Starbucks incident. We've all talked about that. I'm just basically touching the iceberg of incidents where police get called on people of color. What's going on? And so I watched this video and she doesn't want to talk now. This woman's on the phone with police. Uh, it's illegal to have a charcoal grill in the park here. No, it's not, actually. I just yeah, looked at the it map. Is. It says this is a designated barbecue area. No. The other it, woman is following her around. You want to call the police on them. I have called You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday a at the lake. Yes. I just police come the out. They listen to the woman's complaints. Okay. Can you back off? I would like her to the Can you back off? Yeah, sure. Thank you. And then it kind of just dissipates. That, Matt, that's can it. Can you just back off yeah. just a tad so I can talk to her? Thank uh, you. Sure. We know that nothing happened. We know that police didn't file any charges. When police get called and people of color are involved, it often can end in violence and tragedy. So it's not a kind of an idle threat to call police, especially on people of color. This is not a new story. Lake Merritt is this incredibly popular place in Oakland. It's kind of central, so people from all over the city come to Lake Merritt and 
I know that there's this history of racism at Lake Mayor, too. Uh, There is no place in the city that I think represents Oakland's complex relationship with race and community than Lake Merritt. I've been covering this story about Lake Merritt and about race and the policing of race and space at Lake Merritt for a few years now. So as we're sitting at the lake now, we see lots of different activities. That's Nikki Jones. She's a professor of African-American studies at Berkeley. Um, And I actually met her at the lake to talk a little bit about how the lake is a contested and complicated communal space. You see that there are people uh, from lots of different backgrounds, so across uh, age demographics, across across race and ethnicity. And what I think is special about Lake Merritt as well is also you get a sense of a diversity in class background, which I think can be difficult to find in shared public space in the Bay Area, uh, certainly in San Francisco. Uh, And so that is is what makes Lake Merritt uh, something of a unique space. As we're sitting here now, you can tell that there's a kind of ease in which people are sharing the space. People may walk by one another and greet uh, one another, or they may they may not, But and someone may not take that as an affront. It's just a way that people are together in the city. That's what the lake can be in its most idyllic. Gentrification shit hit the fan in 2015. That's in, a good way of putting it. In a real, real, <laughs> real way. I remember that. Yep. And one, of the, and one of the ways that that expressed itself was in these clashes over space, where sort of newer right, white residents were calling police on black people who were, you know, just there. There was a group of drummers out at the lake. They were mostly African-American people of color. Um, a neighborhood resident called police on them. At that same time, what was actually also happening in the city was there were noise complaints against churches. In, I remember that, yeah. In West, right? Yeah. In West Oakland, um, who were having choir practice. So, you know, one person who's great to talk to about the history of race and space at, at Lake Merritt is Davey D., who's sort of a journalist, local hip-hop historian. He knows the lake. He knows Oakland. He knows the history of the place and the history of racism there so well. I actually, he also lives around the lake, and that's where that I helps. met him. Yeah. yeah, right? This whole thing about, you know, I don't want it in my backyard. This ain't your backyard. You live in a park. It, it, it's residents, it has been residents who live near the park who are making some of these complaints. Yeah, it has been. And, you know, Davey D has a pretty good answer for that. You chose to live at a park. Go to San Francisco, you live across the street from Golden Gate Park. There's a festival every week. Put up with it. You chose to live at Golden Gate Park. You know, they didn't build a park in your neighborhood. You came to a place that they built houses around the park. The lake for this manifestation of people of color showing up became like a check-in point because many people had been moved out of Oakland, um, so people still had family here, and this was like a good way to kind of like, I'm going to go see my mom. She still lives here. I live in Antioch. But since, you know, everybody's at the lake, I can actually connect with the other folks. And that's such a fascinating point, because if you think about, you know, people of color having been pushed out, having been displaced by gentrification from Oakland, but they still, like Oakland's still home, they can't afford private space in Oakland, but they can come back to this communal space, this sort of space where everyone can be across class lines, across race lines, something that Nikki Jones calls the cosmopolitan canopy. How do you create a cosmopolitan canopy? That is the challenge. Uh, You can imagine that there are uh, things that we don't see about Lake Merritt, uh, emphasis on beautification and different uh, policies that have led make like merit to be what it is today. 
uh, and it may have been different things uh, across time and maybe people didn't use this space this way. So there's certainly something in the background, there's something about policy and planning that can, it can shape a, a cosmopolitan candidate. But it's also about how people use the space and how people interact with one another in that space. Uh, and, and the agreement that people have in this space that it doesn't belong to one group, right? it belongs to all of us. We can be together in these spaces and we can also be together across class lines in these spaces because that's what makes a city a city, communal space, shared space. So I feel like there's a, a, his, a longer history, a, a, a more in, a complex history of Lake Merritt that starts before 2015. Oh, yeah. Davey D. talks about this a bit, too. He talks about how back in the 1990s, you had this thing called the Festival of, of the Lake with music and food and all these people coming together. And as you say, it was, you know, it was kids from East Oakland and kids from West Oakland. So here we are all these years later, right, where, you know, barbecuing is back and maybe we can share this space together and maybe we can have this cosmopolitan canopy, but you still have white people policing the space and you still have a kind of racially tinged access to whether or not you can use this communal Oakland place. There are so many ways that that people can respond to what happened in this incident. All the incidents that have really happened that have brought out this contested Lake Merritt space what do we know about the way people are responding oh, to this? So Oakland, hella Oakland. <laughs> All right, like this is why I love Oakland so much because, you know, like black Oakland gets together and they're like, you don't want us to be in this space. We're going to go down to Lake Merritt. We're going to grill and we are going to do the electric slide. <laughs> so basically black Oakland, they threw a party. You got to do the electric slide with it. I can't think of a better way to take back space, to show that this is a cosmopolitan canopy, than to go and dance. And to me, it's just, it's such an Oakland, Oakland, Oakland thing to dance in the face of racism. All right, well said, thanks. Thank you, Devin. All these memes are going around social media with the woman calling police on moments from black history. She's at Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, She's at Obama's inauguration. She even shows up in a scene from Black Panther, on her phone, calling the cops. On Twitter, I saw a comment that said these kinds of microaggressions happen against Black people all the time at Lake Merritt. Even though they may seem pretty petty, like calling the cops over a barbecue, they're a huge deal when you consider how just one call to police can escalate to arrests, to violence, or even death. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. If you live in the Bay Area, then you may have heard about these sideshows that happen in Oakland. Basically, these illegal events on city streets where hundreds of people show up and cars are racing or doing donuts in the middle of intersections. This week's Bay Curious podcast is looking into the history of sideshows and why they happen in the city of Oakland. Subscribe to Bay Curious wherever you get your podcasts. So Oakland. So Oakland. 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 